0: Luke chapter 2, hallelujah, hallelujah. The first week of Advent is, is always celebrating the birth of Christ, looking at the baby. And so I want to share with you a message this morning called the infant king from Luke chapter 2. And we're going to start in, in verse 8. It says, and now we're in the same country, shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. And the angel said to them, do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of, everybody say it, great joy. This wasn't just a common Experience, you know, how many of you had an have had an angel show up to you and sing songs to you? (laughs) And the angels show up. I mean, this is an unprecedented moment. And they said, "Great joy, good tidings, good news of great joy, which will be to all people." I, I feel like we need to read that again. I'm not so sure that everybody's gotten a hold of that verse yet. The angel said to them, "Let's read it together." Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy. (laughs) Yeah, which will be to all people. Amen. (laughs) Woo! (laughs) Great joy. Slap somebody next to you and say you need to get happy this morning. You should be the happiest person on earth today. You And it's not because you got some great Black Friday deal. You should be the happiest person, the happiest people on earth because you have a a message, a gospel message of great joy. Point that verse back up there, please. You've got a message of great joy, which will be to all people. Let's keep reading. Verse 11. Is it up there yet? For there is born to you this day. Everybody say that. Born to you this day in the city of David, a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And we just keep reading. It says, and this will be a sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling cloths, lying in a manger. And suddenly, (laughs) there was with the angel a multitude. That, That word shows up a lot in the Bible. There was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest. And on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. Wow. There in the middle of this story, we find some key people. And I just want to take a moment before I jump into today's message. I just want to take a moment and recognize some of the people that are involved. They're not the main, they're not the main actors, so to say, in their story. They're they're actually quite innocent bystanders, but God chose them. He, he, he showed himself to them in such a unique way. And so I just want to recognize them. There, there were the shepherds out in the fields, out in the mountains, dealing with the sheep, taking care of their sheep. If there were no shepherds, there would have been no reception. Here they are. The, 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 the announcement was made, the birth announcement. Who got the, in, who got the invites to the birth? Who got the special mailer? It was the shepherds. They were out on the mountainside enjoying their sheep. And lo and behold, the angels come and say, I bring you good tidings of great joy. And then off in a distant land, you have the stargazers. Doing nothing but what they normally do. Shepherds doing nothing but what they normally do, and stargazers doing nothing but what they normally do. And they see a sign in the heavens and they follow the star. Can I tell you something this morning? If it wasn't for the stargazers, there'd been no gifts. If it wasn't for the shepherds, there was no reception. But but God Showed himself in, in in such a gracious way to these key people as a part of the story. They were seeking something. They didn't know what they were looking for. They didn't, they were just innocent bystanders. But in a moment, in a, in a unprecedented moment, God showed himself to them. And, and I just want to encourage you today that, that if you'll just put yourself if you'll lay yourself, as we say, in the pathway of allurement, if you'll put yourself in the pathway where God can show up in your life this Christmas season, you'll experience him, you'll see him in an unprecedented way. I said it earlier, but I I do, I think God wants to show himself to you this Christmas season in an unprecedented way. God rewards those who seek him. I want to read this to you. God rewards those who seek him, not religion or creeds, but him. Many settle for lesser passions, but the reward goes to those who settle for nothing less. How simple and yet such a challenge to seek an infant king. Like the stargazers and the shepherds, will you seek out the one who came looking for you? I want you to think about this. Christ came. He knew exactly where you were. He knew exactly where to find you. The Bible says that he came to seek and to save that which was lost. He came looking for you. He knew right where you were. It really wasn't much of a challenge. You know, when we think of going searching for something, we think of something that's lost and we have to find it and we don't know where it is. But Christ knew exactly where you were coming to seek you and to find you, he knew exactly where you'd be. He knew that at, at 11 o'clock, 11 a.m. On, on Sunday, December 1st, he knew that you would be seated here this morning at Celebration Church. He, there was no shock. There was no surprise there. He came looking for you right where to find you. You know, when we go searching for something, we have to we search aimlessly. There's, 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 a, there's an object of desire, but we don't know where to find it. But Christ came knowing exactly where to find us. And not only did he come knowing exactly where to find us, the point of his coming was so that we would know where to find him. He came and revealed himself to us. He came and made the gospel mystery plain to you and I. What was was obscure, what was unknown, what was unreachable, unattainable, all of a sudden for you and I became manifest in the flesh. John said that the word became flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld him, we touched him, we saw him For our own eyes, with our own eyes. He he wasn't obscure anymore. It wasn't unattainable. It wasn't unreachable anymore. It wasn't a a demand of a holy God that, that we couldn't obtain anymore. All of a sudden, the joyous news, the great gospel message was that Christ came and found me. Made himself plain to me. Made the reality of the gospel plain to me. And I could have it. I could have it for myself. What a gospel message. What a a reality. And so today, I I want to encourage you to find anew the infant king. Find afresh. Find anew the infant king born in a manger. Born in the stable for you and I. I asked Heather to bring... Asher, I almost called him Jonathan. <coughs> Say hi. Not you, him. I mean, you can tell him hi if you want. Asher is five months now. You know, when you have a when you have a baby, everything changes. And all the mamas said, Amen. (laughs) Everything changes when you have a baby. The first really changes everything. (laughs) The first baby really changes everything. You got to get the house in order. Mama starts expanding. Food. (laughs) Food changes. Meals change, the house changes, routines change, sleep changes, baby's born, everything changes again, the household changes, the dog changes, everybody changes when the baby's born. It's, so, it's, such, a, it's such a subtle thing. The baby is such a subtle thing. It happens, you know, so, so innocently. So quietly. And yet sometimes not so quietly. But <laughs> but everything changes. And if you're not careful, nine months goes by so quick. The pregnancy turns into labor. And labor turns into pain and trial and torment. And it's and all of the all of the labor pains and labor suffering happens. And then you have this, after however much time passes with the labor, you then have a baby. And all of a sudden, that, that labor pain doesn't matter quite so much anymore. And the suffering doesn't matter quite so much anymore. You could have had a C section and the worst experience ever, but it doesn't really matter anymore because you're now holding a baby, your baby. And life changes again, but it's okay because it's your baby. And you would give your life for your baby. And then baby becomes dependent upon mama. And baby's got to nurse and feed and be taken care of. And every need, everything that they have need of, from food to shelter to needing to be loved and have faces made at them. And noses white and (laughs) noses suctioned out. And I'm going to need a Kleenex, mama. Great illustration of things that just have to happen when you have a baby. No, don't wipe it on my shirt. (laughs) Daddy's got to (laughs) preach. Life changes when you have the baby, right? Baby's dependent upon mom and dad for everything. And then baby gets older. Baby grows up too fast. Time goes too fast. That's right. Before you know it, you've got a six-year-old on your hands. Then you have a teenager, a six-year-old who thinks they're a 16-year-old. And you know, all of all of the joys. And you say, why Why are you talking about all this? Because I'm hand, I can't preach with him in my arms all day. That would be fun to try, but why do, I, why do I bring baby Asher into my sermon today and, 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 and talk about that? Because here you have infant Jesus. Infant Jesus could have come as a conquering king. He, he could have come in, in any other way. But Isaiah 7.14 says, Therefore the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son. This, this king, this infant king, the conquering king, the one who sits and holds all things in order, the one who breathed life into your being, the one who upheld Mary's life, the one who chose Mary as the, as the vessel, the one that, that revealed himself to the shepherds, the one that revealed himself to the stargazers, the one who came, came as a little baby he was dependent upon his mother he was dependent upon mary for for love and nurture he was dependent upon her for care and sustenance. He grew up as, as any child grows up, knowing sorrow and knowing pain and knowing the hardship of, of what it would be to be a man. Christ came, the Bible says in Philippians 2, and he emptied himself of his reputation and became a man for you and I. That Christmas morning, that birthday morning, that birthday whether it was morning or evening or however everything played out Jesus Mary was in the feeding trough she was there in the in the stable Joseph and Mary talk about a place and we complain about our hospitals think about you know think about having a baby in a manger she's going through labor travail going through all of the pain and the, the, all of the labor and delivery and here comes Jesus and the first breath that he takes and he begins to cry and the same the same God that breathed life into the nostrils of you and I Christ As a baby, took in the same breath as you and I. Took in the same oxygen. God the creator. Can you think about this with me this morning? How mind-blowing it is that creator God stepped into creation, breathed the same air, drank the same water, walked on the same planet, and, and experienced the same things that you and I experience. Max Lucado says this. I think it's a powerful quote. He said, He came not as a flash of light or as an unapproachable conqueror, but as one whose first cries were heard by a peasant girl and a sleepy carpenter. God tapped humanity on its collective shoulder and said, Pardon me. And eternity interrupted time. Divinity interrupted carnality. And heaven interrupted the earth in the form of a baby. Christianity was born in one big heavenly interruption. Here is this baby, the infant king who now represents you and I. Fully God, yet man, fully man. Hebrews says this Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weakness, but one who has been tempted in all things as we are yet without sin. Therefore, let us draw near with confidence to the throne of grace, so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. We have, you and I, you know, when we, when we talk about this scripture, we've, we've been given a precious gift. Amen. Hello. Hello. We've been given a precious gift. Are you out there this morning? Yeah. When we talk about things that we have, you know, we just came through the Black Friday weekend, you know, Thanksgiving week, everybody's shopping, everybody's doing their thing and whatever. And we talk about things that we have. You know, I, I, I have a new toaster, I have a new crock pot, you know, whatever you just bought or I, I have a home, I have a family, things that we possess, I have We talk about these in the terms of things that I have. I, I want to ask you a question this morning. What do you have this morning? What do you possess? Do you possess Christ? Does he possess you? Or are you in love with this infant king? The Bible says here that we have a high priest. This infant king became our high priest. I have a high priest. What does that mean? I have a heavenly Representative, the high priest would go in and make atonement for the people. He would represent the people to God. "I have a high priest. Jesus is your high priest. Right now, seated in heaven is a heavenly high priest, and his name is Jesus. Yet yeah, he is a man seated in heaven for you, representing you, and I as a man in heaven right now. Amen. Somebody ought to shout this morning. Oh, don't. Okay. All three of you. You have a heavenly high priest this morning. what does that mean that you are not represented by a God who is distant who is unfamiliar with life unfamiliar with your temptations and and what you've got there is a man who is representing you and me he's praying and interceding for you right now right now Right now, Jesus is representing you before the Father. Why is that so important? Because we who are, who are full of sin and depravity have no access before God. You and I have no access to the throne. You and I are not allowed. We have no access. The whole, the Old Testament is a portrayal that you and I are not allowed. It's a, it's a story of, of the law and how we've broken the law. And you and I are not allowed into that holy place. But because Christ came, because our high priest came, because the infant king came, you and I have access. You've been given a high priest, Jesus. Hebrew says Jesus, the Son of God. Jesus, the Son of God. Jesus is his, it's his, it's his earthly name. Jesus is, is this name that depicts God incarnate. It was the name that, 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 that the angel said that you would call him Jesus. It's, his, it's this earthly name. It's God incarnate that he's come, that God has come. He's been born in the flesh for you and I, this Jesus, our high priest, Jesus is seated at the right hand of God. This man who's representing God incarnate, the son of God, fully God and fully man is seated on the throne today. And the Bible says that he's ruling and reigning over all things. Heather said it earlier, the government of all things is upon his shoulder. The government of your life is on his shoulder. The government uh, of your family is on his shoulder. He's ruling and reigning over all things. And because Jesus is seated as the high priest, because Jesus is seated, the Son of God is seated on that throne, you and I have access. You and I can worship boldly, worship freely, and it not be songs that are drifting off into the air and have no meaning. You and I have access. We can come into the presence of God. We can know the abundance of his presence. We can know the abundance of his peace. He doesn't just come upon us to do a task or accomplish a work, but we can know him. We can walk with him. We can have relationship with him. We can enjoy him. We can read his word. Does anybody hear me this morning? We can read his word. And, and, he's, and he's living on the pages of his word because we have his, his presence is with us. His presence is in us. Jesus, our high priest. Hallelujah. 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 The Jesus. Jesus, the son of God, is my high priest. The infant king. The baby that was born in the manger. I've been given access. I've been given access. The baby in the manger gave me access. The manger was his chariot. Across his throne, in his crown of thorns, and he came, and he did it. He came, he emptied himself, he came and he emptied himself of his his heavenly reputation and became a man. He took on the fallen nature, this this imperfect nature for you and I he took on i I, I wish that There were words to describe. How do you describe a holy God who is absolutely perfect? The creator who spoke a word and light was. The creator who spoke and everything that we see came into existence. The one who formed your life out of the dust of the earth. The one who knew you before you were ever conceived in your mother's belly. The one who is the everlasting father. Before time ever began. Was. The one who has no ending. The one who never changes. Who is the same yesterday. Today. And forever. He's the eternal God. This God. Who at the mere mention of his name, angels tremble before. Worshipping. This God took on human nature. He could have chosen any other way. But he came the only way. Before time began, there was a plan of redemption. And it was the only way that he had to become, he had to take on the fallen nature. A lamb wouldn't do it. A goat wouldn't do it. A turtle dove wouldn't do it. They were all means of a a type and a shadow of what was to come. But the permanent sacrifice, Was that God had to come himself. I think about the Egyptians who were in slavery. And God said to Moses, I've come to set them free. And he used Moses in in such an amazing display of deliverance and glory and power. So much so that the Bible says that there was... No one like Moses, who God spoke with face to face. What an incredible picture. And God did an incredible deliverance work. But it was all a picture of what was to come. Oh, we can look back at the deliverance of the the Israelites from the Egyptians. How great a bondage of sin were you in. How great of a bondage. Oh, my sin is not that bad. You are guilty of sin. You've broken God's commandments. You have broken his law. And his wrath was against you. But he came and he paid the price. He became the sacrifice. God came himself To fix your broken life. God came himself to fix broken humanity. Where we couldn't repair ourselves. Where we were incapable. Our high priest came. And he became both the just and the justifier. He became both the sacrifice and the high priest. And he's representing you and I today. God took on humanity. God took on humanity. Christmas is more than presents around a tree. Christmas is more than just singing a few Christmas carols. Christmas is more than just coming to church for Christmas season. Christmas is about this great gospel message. Christmas is about the mystery of the gospel that God became a man for you and I. In Luke, this passage says that he was born to you this day in the city, a Savior who is Christ the Lord. A Savior was born. A Savior was born. He's my baby. You know, when babies are born, moms and dads, grandmas, grandpas, Everybody, Heather was talking about it this morning, I thought she was going to preach my message. But when babies are born, everybody wants the baby. <clears throat> everybody wants the baby. They want to get their hands on the baby. They want to hold the baby. Not so with Jesus. He was outcast. Put him in the, put him in the manger, put him in the stable. Put him in the stable. Nobody wanted him. Herod was trying to kill him. Didn't want the baby. Put, get rid of him. We've got to stop this. Why was there, you know, just think about the turmoil that was happening at the time of Jesus' birth. Babies were being slaughtered. We don't talk about that at Christmas. That's not, that's not a... That's not a happy tune that we can sing about. We don't want to talk about that at Christmas. Babies were being slaughtered in order to prevent God from stepping into creation. All of the demons of hell were trying to stop this plan. But God could not be stopped. The plan of the ages could not be stopped. The plan of the ages couldn't be stopped. I'm preaching much better than you're shouting today. I'm giving you much better news than you're shouting today. I'm giving you good tidings of great joy that will change your life today. The plan of God, can, can I just echo that for your life today? The plan of Of God for your life. Cannot be stopped. There's no no devil in hell. That can stop it. He's painted you. With his favor. He's anointed you. With the oil of his name. It's attracting his favor. It's on you today. It's on you It's on you. You can smell it. That's not the cologne. <laughs> There's a favor of God on your life. Yeah. Unto you this day, a baby came, the Savior. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 7, let me read it because I love this verse. Can you put that up on the screen? Hebrews chapter 7. Hebrews chapter 7, verse 25. There it is. Therefore. Everybody say, therefore. Therefore. You need to read all of chapter 7 to get the therefore. But therefore, this is a powerful verse. Therefore, he is able. Everybody say, he is able. He is able. Therefore, he is able. He is able. He has the power. Right. He has the will. He has the desire to do it. He is able to save to the uttermost. Everybody say uttermost. uttermost. Say it again. Uttermost. That's a powerful word. In the Greek, it's finally and forever. Completely and forever. Those who come to God through him. It's It's a powerful word that our Savior, God, came to save to the uttermost. He came to save finally and forever. Completely and permanently. He's able to obliterate every trace, even the very root of sin that's in your life. And in Acts chapter 3, it uses that word to obliterate. Every trace of sin in your life is obliterated because Christ, the infant king, came. The infant, this baby laying in a manger so innocent. who lived a sinless and perfect life as man and as God did it to become the sacrifice. You know, in the Old Testament, they kept lambs, a perfect lamb, a perfect breed of lambs that were set aside for temple sacrifices They were were set apart. They were kept for the purpose of sacrificial lambs. Does this sound familiar? Christ came and lived a set apart life to become the ultimate sacrifice for you and I that he might save you to the uttermost. The guilt... The shame, oh, not just a mental assent to being forgiven. Oh, it's not just that I'm born again because Jesus came and we have an understanding of a biblical concept. But the reality that Christ has saved me finally, completely, and forever, I am his and he is mine. I am my beloved's and he is mine. He's singing over me. His banner is over me. He's holding on to me. He's changing me. He's sanctifying me. He's redeeming me. It's the work of Christ and the life of humanity. God came and took on humanity so that you and I could be saved to the uttermost. To the uttermost. Hebrews says that he wipes our conscience clean the 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 sin that was red as scarlet isaiah says it left a the song says a crimson stain on my life he came and he made it white as snow the blood of jesus washes me white as snow he obliterates the sin he removes the sin removes the root of it he's given me a new nature He's given me a new nature. He's given me his his righteousness. He's clothed me with heavenly garments. He's clothed me with heavenly garments. It's a it's a complete salvation. There's nothing lacking in his Redemption. There's nothing lacking in His redemptive plan. Did you hear me this morning? There's nothing lacking. He didn't. He didn't sit. God didn't conspire to the, His counsel at the at the time before things began and, and 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 forgot something. He didn't write the contract of redemption, the plan of redemption, and leave something out or left a clause undone or put in fine print that if you don't read it, all of a sudden this salvation is null and void. He didn't leave anything lacking. It's final, it's forever, it's complete, and it's not lacking. Everything that you and I have redeemed and born again is paid for, signed, and sealed in the blood of Christ. God became a man for you and I, sealed it in his blood. This is what Christmas is all about. This is what Christmas is all about. The Savior came. The infant king. The baby came. Romans 6 23 says that the wages of sin is death. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God. What is the gift of God? What is the gift of God? Oh, sin requires that you work. Sin requires that you labor. Paul says, do not be enslaved again to that old nature. It's, it, it, it's work to sin. You have to work at sinning. And you earn the wages of that sin. It brings death. You have to work at that sin. You have to work at that old. You've been given this wonderful nature of Christ. It is a free gift. This eternal life. The salvation of God is a free salvation. It costs Christ everything. It costs God everything everything. I said it cost him everything. It cost him his reputation. He, put, he emptied himself of his reputation. It cost him. It cost him his life as a, as a human. Everything as a human. He laid it on the cross for you and I. And yet gave us such a free gift. Ephesians tells us that this gift of redemption, this gift of salvation, is not of works. Ephesians 2, 8, and 9 says it's not of works. It's by grace through faith that you are saved. It's by grace through faith. It's this word grace, it's the it's a multifaceted, multicolored uh, grace or favor of God. God Puts his favor upon us, gives us this gift that we don't deserve. And then the journey begins. (laughs) That's only the beginning. It's only the beginning. It's everything we ever needed, but it's only the beginning. The baby born in the manger was only the beginning. It was everything that we needed. It was everything that we needed, but it was only the beginning. God came and became a man. It was everything you and I needed to redeem us, to change us. God came. But it was only the beginning. Oh yeah, He went to the cross for me and you. He took my sin. He took your sin at Calvary. He ascended into heaven. This crucified, risen Savior ascended into heaven. Pouring out The promise of the Father. The baptism in the Holy Spirit. And promised to come again. This same Jesus that you saw is coming again. Oh, it's only the beginning. It's only the beginning. When you, you know... When Asher, Zoe, Jonathan, any of them were born, when you have a child, it's only the beginning. It's only the beginning. You have a lifetime of raising and enjoying life. Infant baby. Infant king Jesus. Only the beginning. Thank God for his birth as a man. Thank God for his sinless life. But he has opened up the way. To redemption and every heavenly blessing. We have been made joint heirs, co-heirs with Christ. That little baby in the manger became my redemption. But I became his brother. I became his sister. He made me his own, he made me his family. It's only the beginning. What a salvation that through the ages of time worship team you can come back what a salvation what a great Christmas gospel great tidings great tidings of great joy that through the ages of time the plan of Of salvation. Was coming into alignment. The plan of redemption. Was being fulfilled. And then when the fullness of time came. Christ came. God became flesh. Born. In a manger. It wasn't a gold lined manger. It wasn't the. Versace manger. It was a feeding trough. My Savior. My Savior. My Jesus was born in a manger, in a feeding trough. In the cow stall with all the manure, the God of the universe, for me, for me, he took on humanity became the lowest of the low was despised and rejected so that I could have life abundant he became the baby in the manger so I could be exalted and be a co-heir he became the baby the infant king so that I could have a heavenly high priest I want to wrap up with this thought from Hebrews it says we didn't read it therefore let us come boldly before the throne of grace I've been given access what does this mean what does the infant king mean to you What does this baby's birth mean to you? Maybe you've gotten a, a baby announcement in the mail before and threw it away. Oh, that's great. Another baby. Good for them. Didn't didn't send a gift, didn't need to do anything. It didn't affect you. You just oh that's nice. They got a baby. Good for them. Is that how you treat Jesus, the baby, the infant king today? Is is, is that your life? The announcement's been made. The angels have sang. The shepherds have told their story. The wise men have come. and, And the message of the gospel has been proclaimed. And you've gotten the birth announcement. And it's ended up in the trash somewhere. Or has the reality of Hebrews that says, therefore come boldly through the throat to the throat of Christ. Have been given access. What once required a high priest and, and an earthly sacrifice? What once required an absolute bloody mess and Rites and rituals to be able to access and only one could do it. Now I have been given access. And not only have you been given access, you've been invited. Did you hear me? Not only have you been given access, not only has the way been made clear, Not only have the obstacles been removed, but God has sent a personal invitation to you to come. Not only has the access been made, but God himself didn't send an angel, didn't send another messenger. God himself came to invite you in to invite you in to His heavenly feast. And there is today for those who are His a heavenly feast you and I are going to enjoy someday. It's not just an earthly feast. It's not just an earthly party. There's a day where everything that we've been celebrating, the message of this gospel, We've been enjoying. Though I see through a glass darkly now, I will behold him face to face. I'll see him as he is. How is it with your soul today? How is it with you and the Lord today? I'm gonna ask everybody to stand this morning. Please, nobody moving over the next few moments. I want everyone to stand. Everyone just stand. No one moving. I want you to bow your heads and just close your eyes with me for a moment and just hear, hear me for a moment and we're going to pray. The greatest Christmas story. The greatest Christmas story, Mom, the greatest Christmas story dad young man, young woman the greatest story that you could ever tell is how this gospel message has changed your life if this gospel message has not changed you If you're at odds with God, you don't have peace with Him, and this message, this gospel message, has it changed you? You really can't tell the Christmas story how it needs to be told. Sure, you can read about the angels and you can read about the shepherds and you can read about the manger. You can even get the child's book and tell the story to your kids. But you can't tell the story how it needs to be told unless it's your story. You can't tell the Christmas message how it needs to be shared unless it's your message. Christ has come for you. God came into humanity for you. Thank you for joining the Celebration Podcast. For more information, visit ccakron.org or call us at 330-762-7458. You can also download the celebration app from iTunes or the Android store With my father it's so. Wonderful.